0: Hi everyone, this is David Bizanas with the Oldham Business Podcast, located here in beautiful downtown LaGrange on Cinco de Mayo as I record this intro to our episode with Paul Cappiello. We're excited that you're with us. Hope everybody's having a, a fantastic spring as the sun is out and the, the pollens are pollening and everyone is uh, enjoying getting ready for the Derby weekend. Pretty exciting time here in kentucky got a lot of great events coming up here we'll be talking about soon we'll be uh, talking about a a neat project with udell gardens with paul and uh excited about just being able to get another episode out there and and connect you guys we've got a great lineup of future episodes in the pipeline so looking forward to talking about that so sit back and uh, let's start the show All right. Hello, everyone. I want to thank our title sponsor for the Oldham Business Podcast. Uh, that's Transitional Technologies located in Crestwood, Kentucky, here in Oldham County. Richard Hollander, as uh, they've done great work for our chamber for many, many years, and uh, I highly recommend their uh, services. He also happens to be a sponsor of this podcast, but uh, I would imagine in, in some way, shape, or form, uh, we probably couldn't even pull off this podcast out of this office uh, had it not been for Richard. So, uh, check out Transitional Technologies and uh, thank them f- uh, for, and thank you, Richard, for your sponsorship of our podcast. Um, got some great events coming up here. Quick Connections, which is sponsored by SNA Insurance in Crestwood, uh, is coming up on May 5th. That's a great kind of speed dating, uh, professional uh, speed connecting uh, program that we started here that uh, Kara Sanders is going to be uh, hosting. On May 10th, maximize your membership. This is our chamber orientation. Our orientations are open to new members, of course, and also maybe you've been a member for a long time. You just want to kind of get a fresh perspective on what is going on with chamber programming, what new things do we have, or perhaps you want to just meet some of the new chamber members. It's a great place to network. So uh, everyone is welcome at the chamber orientation. So maximize your membership is on May 10th uh, here at the chamber office. You can look for the details that I'm leaving out (laughs) <laughs> on the chamber website, which is www.oldhamcountychamber.com, all spelled out, lot of letters there, folks. Um, new program uh, sponsored by Baptist Health LaGrange called Run Through the Reserve. So we are making an effort to try to uh, encourage health and wellness in the business community. And to do that, we thought there'd be a great place for us to host this kind of casual jogging uh, and walk slash walking Event. This is going to be a six-week series um, that is going to be hosted in Oldham Reserve. We're going to meet right across from the Rawlings Group, which is located on Eden Parkway. Details can be found again on the calendar on uh, our website. And it's going to be approximately a three-mile walk slash run. Some people will walk, some people will run, but uh, we'll all meet uh, at the, the across from Rawlings. We'll stretch and we'll network and introduce each other, and it just would be a good. Kind of light evening exercise. And that will be on Wednesday nights uh, throughout May and June for uh, a six week series. So that first um, one of the run through the reserves will be on May 11th. So put that on your calendar. Please register. It helps us get a, a sense of how many people to anticipate. Um, and it helps us prepare if we're going to have some waters and things like that. So uh, look forward to seeing you out there and see the beautiful progress that's happening at, at Oldham Reserve. You get to go, you know, we're going to meet across from the Rawlings facility, which is a, a really a beautiful building. Uh, Over 200,000 square feet of Class A office right there uh, from our top employer with over 1,600 employees. And this is in uh, the business park that the county and the city of LaGrange had invested in to bring business and grow the tax base. And as the infrastructure has been added over the years, we've been getting success in locating new businesses in the park. Um, Trilogy Healthcare is under um, construction right now, and so we'll be jogging by that. Uh, We've had Eden Parkway was extended. Uh, East Peak Road was constructed. Ernie Harris Parkway, that was just rededicated uh, from Lagrange Parkway to Ernie Harris Parkway, uh, was open in uh, 2018. So, as progress pick- progress is slow when you're working on infrastructure, um, but uh, it actually is moving along quite well. And of course, our top employer has done so much for this community and contributed so much through their through their uh, con- not just their contributions, but their their tax and economic impact uh, that their employees make on our community. So anyway, it's a great place to meet. It'll kind of show off the reserve. It'll be a great night of uh, exercise. Um, We'll network with each other and uh, hope that we can get some legs. We'll probably do a six-week term here in the spring, and then in the fall we'll uh, try to do maybe another one of those. So excited about that and look forward to everyone showing up there. So we have a ribbon cutting at Cedar Lake Enrichment Center Sensory Garden, uh, which is coming up on May 13th. High Point New Grace Resource Center ribbon cutting is going to be on May 16th. And so um, there'll be lots of ability uh, to celebrate the opening of, of these new facilities and uh, network and whatnot. So we look forward to seeing you there. So without further ado, I would like to get uh, started here with our episode. I sat down with Paul Cappiello from Udell Gardens, which if you're have if you in Oldham County and you haven't been to Udell Gardens uh, you should make uh, a real effort to to go. It's a it's a really a gem. Uh, it, it's kind of tucked away off of uh, 329 in Crestwood, but um, you can. They've got a great web presence. You can you can find them easily, and uh, you can also find them in our chamber directory if you need directions and whatnot. But um, here's my interview with Paul Cappiello, who's going to talk about Udell Gardens and a new project that they have just announced. All right. Hi, folks. Uh, I'm here with Paul Capiello from Udell Gardens. Paul, welcome. Nice to be here. Hey, so excited to have you on. We have been, Udell uh, is a tremendous uh, tourism asset and, you know, uh, not just for the county, for really the state of Kentucky. Um, And you have been there uh, for its entire 20-year stint, right? So this is the 20th anniversary of the Udell Botanical Gardens in uh, Crestwood.
1: Yeah, it's been 20 years. I actually started in the fall of 2002, and uh, I was part time, and we had a part time office worker and a very passionate and enthusiastic board of directors.
0: Yeah, so what was your background at the time?
1: Well, I actually grew up outside of New York City. Uh, went to undergrad uh, for landscape architecture at Rutgers, uh, went on did my grad work at Illinois, and that's how I got to know the Louisville area when I was living just up the highway in uh, Champaign, Illinois for four or five years in grad school then I went to the University of Maine for 10 years in a faculty uh, research position, a little bit of teaching. Uh, and then this opportunity popped up in uh, in Kentucky to uh, start a research education program at Bernheim, and that's what actually brought me to Kentucky.
0: Wow. So, man, all right, let's go. So did you always know that you wanted to work with plants? And
1: uh, I've, I've been a science and plant and nature dweeb my entire life. I grew up people don't realize this, grew up fifteen miles from Midtown Manhattan from Times Square, literally, as the crow flies, but surrounded by old growth beach forest. Oh I right. mean, back then you could actually do that. You could grow up surrounded by forest. And I mean, I tell folks all the time, if you walk to the top of the hill at our street, you could see the Empire State Building Tower. Which was important if you wanted TV reception because you couldn't see that tower, you didn't get the three channels
0: on TV. Wow! So, did, to what do you attribute your interest in those things? Was there a person, or was it a part of the lifestyle that, that you grew up in? Or
1: yeah, we we um, we were a gardening family. Uh, my mother had gardens all over the yard. We were surrounded by woods, and you know we used to go and dig trees out of the woods and plant them in the yard. I mean, back then that was considered the thing to do because right, they were local plants. Wow. Uh, my dad always had vegetable gardens, but we pretty much grew up in the woods surrounding our house, um, and we we grew up camping, fishing, sure. hiking, and it was just all... You just still do a lot day. of those
0: types of things? All of those things? Got a vegetable um, garden at your house?
1: You know what? I live in the Highlands in Louisville, and uh-huh. Highlands provides one thing in, in great quantity, and that is shade. Right. That's <laughs> and so <laughs> I have about six square feet in the corner of my driveway where I have one big pot <laughs> and I get to grow one tomato plant because I just can't go through a summer without having at least one tomato. Plant.
0: Uh, is your landscaping have you nailed it, or is it like a plumber with leaky pipes? Yeah, no, you need to talk to my wife <laughs> about that. No, <laughs> well, that's it's uh,
1: you know that the, uh, we, we refer to my garden I- in in Louisville as uh, Louisville Trial Garden um, <laughs> in town. <laughs> that's it, My wife calls it sort of the wayward home for ridiculous, unpronounceable name, <laughs> <laughs> pathetic looking plants But you know, we, we bring plants in from all over the world. And, and, you know, we just like to give them trials. So sometimes I throw a few in my yard.
0: I like the, well, you know, we've gotten to talk to a lot of great uh, local leaders here. And I really am always interested in their expertise and the things that they see that the average person who doesn't <laughs> do what they do sees. So you come in here and we have a few plants were you immediately assessing how bad the plants were? What kind of <laughs> shape they were in?
1: Well, it, you know, I guess uh, truth and disclosure, Yeah, I don't own a house plant. Okay. <laughs> I haven't owned a house plant in I don't know how many years. Uh, it's, it's actually genetic. Uh, my, my mother's uh, way of handling and, and dealing with house plants is you water them when they wilt. Right. And I think right. I inherited that. And, you know, they don't generally thrive with that right. kind of <laughs> right. treatment, although she has had a few plants for 30 years.
0: Is there some <laughs> sense of hey, house plants are bad? You shouldn't be potting. I know that there are people that you know they think potting is is not good for plants, right? Or no, no, uh, some No, I of mean those I, things?
1: I think anything. It, it doesn't matter how you connect to a plant. I mean, my my whole philosophy is, you know, if you're c- better connected to something that grows, it doesn't matter whether it's right. a golden retriever, a house plant, an oak tree. I mean, I think we all need grounding, right? And if that's what Gets you grounded, great. If it's rock climbing, if it's whitewater rafting, sure. I mean it, it it gets your head out of the office.
0: Yeah, that's just, that is a wonderful way to think about it. Um, you mentioned you were what brought you to Kentucky was working at Burnheim, which is a you know, a fantastic mm-hmm. place. Um, lots of uh, development there from the the giant statues and the trail system they put in and course, it's become a popular place. I think even with um, COVID and whatnot, they, they had seen some increases in visitors and as people were trying to get out. Um, tell me about what it was like to go from Bernheim to Udell.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with a giant staff and thousands of acres of land, uh, you know, long established place, uh, going to something that was brand new. Uh, you know, I remember Mary who is who was then uh, the the board president at Bernheim, uh, I mean, at uh, at Udell, we were walking around the property, and she said, now, are you sure about this? She said, we only have 34 acres. And I said, you know, Mary, uh, it, it's never about the acreage. It's about the people. It's about the energy. And there was just something special. I mean, Bernheim's an amazing place, but sure. there was just something special that connected with me personally, um, of the history, the combination of the history and the horticulture and in the industry and in right. the business—I mean, it just—it just rounded up so many things that spoke to me that it was just a natural.
0: So, did you master plan how the Udell was going to be <laughs> laid out, or was it already started? Or
1: well, that's one of the interesting things is you know there's several ways to
0: start a botanic garden
1: from scratch. Well, we,
0: and first of all, if I can interrupt you, would you define botanical? Yeah.
1: Well, botanical gardens interesting people all along the development of UDEL, have always said, you know, when will UDEL be an official botanical garden? And there really is no such thing. Um, you know, the difference, what I always tell people, the difference between Cherokee Park mm-hmm. and UDEL is is very layered. Um, you know, botanic gardens tend to focus on education and research and discovery and dissemination in addition to sort of the peace and the tranquility and, and the opportunities for enjoyment. So it's sort of a a park on kind of academic steroids in one part of it. So uh, it's a place uh, to
0: learn as well. Um, So it's kind of like a museum of plants in a way.
1: It's exactly what it is because really we we tell people, if you come to visit and you're interested in learning, the very best opportunity you can have is to walk around and experience the property with one of our staff who can interpret everything one-on-one. And you know the the Science Center or the Speed Museum would tell you the same thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Unfortunately, none of us can afford enough staff to have a one-on-one experience sure. for every single visitor, right. and that's where your interpretive information comes in. And for us, the sort of the ground level of interpretive information is just the name tags on the plants. I every plant in our in our collection. It has the common name. It's got the botanical scientific name. It has where it's native to, what part of the world, wow. what taxonomic family. And so, you know, you can look at a label and say, oh, my gosh, you know, a hosta is in the same family as asparagus. Right. You know, that's an instant duh moment where, you know, you, right. you say, oh, I didn't know that. And that's it's a very simple, mm-hmm. but it's sort of the first foot in the door of, of education.
0: Sure. So take me back to, to planning it out. And what was that like? Um, I mean, you were established as a professional by this point. Mm-hmm. You'd had a lot of uh, education. Um, you worked at Bernheim. Now you're coming out here to kind of start what's, what has become this amazing place. So how did you get started? Did you did you have to pivot at some point and say, well, we're going to have to start over again? Um, tell me about it. We, we pivoted about every 40 minutes, I think, <laughs> in the first five years.
1: Well, the, you have to go back history because there's uh, – there's a lot of ways you can start a botanical garden. One model is someone says, here's a hundred acres and it's a postage stamp. There's nothing on it. Design a garden. That's one model. Another model is here's 34 acres of historically significant property with a significant business history Mm -hmm. and horticultural history and a bunch of really cool and awesome buildings that were just amazingly amazing artisanship. Uh, most of the gardens are unrecognizable and overgrown, and the buildings are a little leaky, and right. there's some trouble. Go to town, and that's you know that was the the Udel model. But it was it was obvious at the beginning that this was not just a place where you could build, rebuild a spectacular garden, but the history was just so layered. Mm-hmm. I mean, here was Theodore and Martha Lee Klein; they bought 34 acres in 1941. It was basically pasture right and a tumble down frame house and and uh, they basically over the years with their family built the house the home that they raised their kids in they built all the work the working buildings the barns the outbuildings they ran what became one of the largest commercial nurseries in the region we always say they were the second one of the two largest nurseries in Kentucky uh, and we know that because we made up that statistic (laughs) 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 But, you know, Hill and Meyer in Lexington, uh, Klein, uh, Udell Mm -hmm. in Crestwood, were really the two leaders in the region. But then all these buildings that he built himself, I mean, he turned the the banisters from cherries that they cut on property. I mean, the paneling in my office that was one of their bedrooms is old wormy chestnut that was milled out of a log that he and a friend hauled back from a cemetery somewhere in Henry County. Wow. I mean, it's just... You know, there's so much life force in those buildings, sure. in those gardens. And I'm a tree geek. I'm an academic egghead. I know nothing about managing or redeveloping historic properties or historic architecture. Right. Even garden history. So, you know, one of the things we did is we brought in um, uh, Mark Denon, who was the, the uh, staff architect with the Kentucky Heritage Council. Mm-hmm. And he, he consulted with the board even had a couple of sort of day-long retreats for the board where he just said, here are the terms you need to understand. (laughs) What's (laughs) the difference between a historic restoration of a building and what they call an adaptive reuse, which is mostly what we've done, which is maintain the spirit and as much of the fabric and context as you can, but make it useful to what the purpose is going to be moving forward. Mark was huge in helping us understand that. We also partnered with an organization called the Garden Conservancy. Okay. They're based in outside of New York City, but their goal is to help organizations like Udel's Young Board take what was designed and created as a private landscape and help it make that transition to a public landscape. You know, you think of your own yard. If somebody sure. said, we're gonna start having, you know, 100,000 visitors a year. <laughs> Probably wouldn't work all that well. You'd have to make some tweaks. And they're they're not a funding base, but they're a really good knowledge base. Mm -hmm. And so they sent some of their landscape historians out to spend some time with us and say, okay, I mean, here I am. I'm the new director. The only work getting done on the grounds was the second Saturday of every month, year-round. We'd have anywhere from 10 to maybe 50 people show up with rakes, shovels, pruners, chainsaws, pickup trucks, and chippers. And they'd say, all right, what are we doing? And I'd say, well, uh, (laughs) cut that stuff down. I don't know. (laughs) So the Garden Conservancy folks came in, and they sort of did an assessment of the grounds and all the gardens. They looked at some old family photos and records, which we have in abundance. And for each space, they gave me a list that basically said, all right, here's stuff you can do, and you don't have to worry about damaging historic context and fabric. Here's other stuff you really probably should be hands off until you know more. Mm -hmm. And so as a, you know, a new director, new organization, that gave me a license to actually do stuff. Right. And it was a really tremendous um, asset to our boards function and, you know, our growing organization because we, we then had a list an inexhaustible <laughs> list of things that we could do so that, we, you know, we could capture all of that passion and enthusiasm surrounding this new project and keep it rolling. And that's, that's sort of how we, how we managed through the first.
0: Well, so how many, not volunteers, but how many staff people did you have when you first started?
1: Um, we had uh, one FTE, oh. half of me and half of a person in the office. <laughs> uh, and that was really about it. And, you know, I had at the time, I was doing some consulting, a lot of consulting work out of town in addition to my work here. Um, and so it was going to take me a little while to wind down that work and the travel I was doing and then at the same time give Udell Incorporated time sure. to sort of wind up the fundraising and, and meet. So it, it took us about a year and a half to get to the point where I moved to full-time, uh, but I was still full-time with a half-time secretary. <laughs> uh, literally we joke about it because on my job description one of the bullets under responsibilities was to check the eight buckets that were in the udell castle <laughs> anytime it rained to make sure <laughs> they got dumped out and didn't <laughs> overflow because of the leaky roof <laughs>
0: so how many people now are, are working at udell
1: well we're i think we're officially at 24 staff uh, wow. we've got on the books uh, two or three more to hire this year
0: um that's great. Uh, it's
1: obviously a struggle.
0: What type? Uh, yes, I would imagine, especially with these these types of skills and and, uh, and this is a craft, I guess. Um, what so? What are the types of roles? I mean, what, what kind of things are the people doing?
1: We've got a little bit of everything, as you would expect. We've got you know gardeners who work on the grounds and in and in our nursery, um, and they range all all kinds of backgrounds. Uh, we supplement that with our apprenticeship program, which is designed to take college students after either, say, a two- or four-year degree program, and they come in for a year, and we give them free housing, pay all their utilities, we pay them a stipend, we have money in the budget where we take them out, we'll send them to a couple of conferences, so they start to develop a professional network, and then as they start to end their 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 year, we help them line up employment to move on to the next role, oh, and we've been doing great. that for I think, 15 years, and it's been a fantastic program. Sure. It's fun to have them on board.
0: Do you have, uh, obviously, the, um, there are classes that mm-hmm. you put on for the general public and for your members. as yep. a membership organization. You're governed right. by a board of directors. Is we are, right? yeah. Um, and then um, uh, do you have a Master Gardener program? Is there uh
1: we, we interact with the Oldham, with actually all the Master Gardener programs in the region, um, and so we'll do, sometimes our staff will do sessions for them on pruning or houseplants or or composting or what have you. Uh, But we've got staff that run the gamut. I mean, we have one staff member who coordinates our volunteer program, and she's also our web designer and and manages our website. And we have marketing and fundraising folks and folks who run the office and our events because events and rentals are a big part of our, our business model, also.
0: Yeah, well, and you're about to start a large project uh, <laughs> uh, that you're uh, going to announce here, which we're excited about. But before we do that, tell me a little bit about some of the significant steps forward over the last 20 years that you've had that have kind of yeah. put you in the position where you are now.
1: Yeah, well, I always tell people the, the beginning of UDell, the first years, it was sort of scratching and clawing for yeah. everything, as, yeah. as any startup organization is. But there was a lot of energy. And then in the span of about 15 minutes one day, it's, it flipped from scratching and clawing for every opportunity to saying no to 99 out of every 100 opportunities <laughs> that showed up at the door and trying to figure that out. But I think one of the, one of the real um, positive developments mm-hmm. uh, that, that we've been able to work through, and I, and I put this entirely in the, in the lap of our young board, in particular, a longtime first board president, Mary Ronceville, was making that transition from. I mean, when I started on volunteer work days, the board members were literally out there baking cookies and making sandwiches for okay. the volunteers <laughs> and pulling vines out of trees. Uh, but very gradually and very, uh, very definitely made that transition to a mature board of directors that focuses on, you know long-term fiscal matters and and structural health and master planning and big picture issues and that transition kills so many young nonprofits because it's a hard because it it's a different skill set right you know that early board you need passion yeah and you need passion yeah and then when you run out of that you need more passion because you got it you know it's a 24-7 job right on when you're getting something started but but being much more strategic and much more focused I mean we we maintain uh, now what we call our board member talent matrix it's right. basically a spreadsheet with yep. you know all the all the skills across the top and all the board positions down the side and everybody only gets two checks right, uh, right. and we and we put the checks in the boxes we don't let board members do that because yeah. everybody checks everything for themselves right <laughs> sure <laughs> but that strategic growth has been really key yeah. uh, in the board and development and then, You know, one of our focuses has always been, I just never wanted to be in a position where the organization would live basically on soft money. Mm -hmm. And so many nonprofits are so grant focused Mm -hmm. that you're hiring and firing people on a, you know, on a constant basis if one grant doesn't get funded or you happen to get another big one. So our focus has always been to be much more entrepreneurial uh, than the typical nonprofit. So for example, the typical botanic garden nationally i think the numbers are if you take what, what we refer to in the nonprofit world as earned income mm-hmm. you know money you make through business practices mm-hmm. um, it's significantly under 20% of your uh, of of your uh, of the capital you need to operate right uh, we tend to fluctuate between 60 65 wow. sometimes close to uh, 68% so and that's through event rentals. We right. do a lot of wedding business, corporate rentals and the and the like um, through our classes and programs, travel, you know, before COVID. Sure. We used to travel overseas and take people on trips to gardens overseas and those are good fundraising events, but our shop, our commercial nursery that we started up uh, a few years ago and all the bits and pieces. We really focus on trying to have a good stable base of revenue, of operating revenue, come in every year. And a great example is the, the nursery, the online nursery. Mm-hmm. We had, probably five years ago, had a conversation with the board, and I said, folks, we, I think we need to look a little bit down the road and look at diversifying a little bit more. And so we looked at all kinds of models. I mean, we have a great board, so we didn't have to convince them to keep those models we were considering focused on mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't have anybody saying, well, let's open a used car lot or, <laughs> you know, up the right, left field. Right. And uh, so we looked at, for instance, we looked at things like the Huber's model, mm-hmm. you know, great business model, sure. to, you know, the pick your own apples and strawberries and the winery and right. connected to horticulture. But it just didn't feel like it was connected enough because our focus institutionally in terms of our research and, and that kind of thing is garden plants. We bring in new plants. We, we travel all over the world. Mm-hmm bring new plants in, test them out. I always say, if, if we can't figure out how to kill them, then they probably work for other people as well. But it's really about getting more sustainable, pest-resistant, right? you know, good plants into the market. So we all said, you know, how can we do that better? We also looked at all of our R&D and the, the information we were we were generating on evaluation work and new plants. And we were shipping all that information to the Pacific Northwest and the Southeast and the Gulf Coast because those are centers of production. Mm-hmm. And we said, you know, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> right. So
1: I said, why don't we just capitalize on that? So about five years ago, we put a plan in place to develop a nursery, start f- capitalizing on our R&D, mm-hmm. and put those things into production and get better things into the market right here. And uh, so we we were able to attract some investment money, some really nice donations to get the ball rolling, get some construction done. We hired a really talented uh, local uh, nursery uh, manager, uh, Jacob Stidham, who runs our nursery now. And, uh, you know, what's funny is he's uh, he's been here for a few years now, and we've completely changed course several times. <laughs> In fact, I think it was uh, the fall of 2019, he'd been here a couple of years, and uh, he and I met to sort of plan out the next couple of years, and we both immediately agreed, for 2020, 2021, let's just agree nothing new. <laughs> <laughs> How did that go?
0: <laughs> right out the window. <laughs> so, you know,
1: at the time we were, s- we were selling plants at events, you know, big plant sales, selling plants on the grounds. So in 2020, with five days uh, to go before our big spring plant sale, we decided to create an online nursery marketplace. So in five days, we had to build a site. Oh, my gosh. We had to write descriptions and find source and format and upload pictures for 500 different types of plants, figure out how it was all going to work. Wow. And we got it up and going. A couple little stumbles. Occasionally we had a little slowdown, a couple hundred emails, (laughs) but it was clear that Passion was out there, and the market was out there, and uh, yeah, it's it's
0: gone crazy. That was interesting. Uh, before we started recording, we were talking a little bit about, and you were you were saying this. Uh, we we couldn't really ascertain if it's the millennials or maybe the Gen Zers or whatever uh, label they have nowadays. But a lot of young people are really getting into house plants now. Yeah. Um. And so, tell me about that uh, experience. I guess that's part of the this this market you're talking it's about. A, it's a
1: small part. We, you know it's the plant the plant world like you know, like the antique car mo- world or the bottle cap collecting world, you know, it's very segmented. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do some tropicals. Sadie Heckman, who's our, our garden manager, is just head over heels. I think um, she uh, she she bought a house specifically to move out of an apartment specifically so she could have more houseplants. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really all over the map. I mean, sure. It, since we started the, the online market, the number of people who have not just ordered plants and picked them up, but made five or eight or 10 or 12 orders and driven from an hour, hour and a half away to pick up plants Wow, uh, is just astounding. And uh, it's where the, it's amazing the back end of all these, uh, these uh, online marketplace uh, software programs. I mean, obviously you can get lost in data. Sure. But uh, th- the amount of information you can harvest from that is really amazing. And so the number of new people.
0: Is, is there immense. some proprietary nursery-type software? Or are you using things like Shopify? Or That's exactly what we're using, okay. Shopify. Yeah. Okay. Um, so well, and I, I'm, I'm just kind of going to deviate a little bit here just because there's so many, I mean, one of the most important aspects of any business, um, and this affects small business owners very, uh, it's a huge impact on them, is, your need to have uh, a great website that you can do as many things as possible on because people are going to likely be there. That's the front That's the front door Absolutely. Uh, nowadays. And so um, there are a lot of tools. One of the great things that the Internet has done for small business, while there's a lot of terrible things, um, is that th- you have access to these tools that can collect the data for you. And, and a platform like Shopify is something that for an average person, if you run a retail business, um, and you have inventory, you can keep your inventory on a back end, you can Thank manage you. your shipping, you can manage weighing packages that go out. And it really is, I think it's a, a, a pretty nominal monthly subscription to those things. And it interfaces with a website that you have, would have built. Yeah. Uh, and in fact, it can also be a website for you, you can have it uh, do a website All also. Right. So those tools are, are really interesting. So you're hit, you're sitting there. Um, you've got plans for no change, 2020 hits, and next thing you know, you're building a new website, populating it with all of the inventory, learning Shopify. Did you have to hire a professional to help you with this?
1: <laughs> well, um, yes and no. Um, the first effort, we actually, the very first effort was literally just a page on our existing website mm-hmm. with a bunch of PayPal buttons. Right. That just, because it was an emergency and we had to do it. Right. And then uh, then we launched um, after that into a, I forget what the other software was, the original one that we used. But yeah, we, we actually have an IT company that we work with that helps us with everything from phones to PCs to Wi-Fi on the grounds. And uh, and uh, one of their folks worked with us to help us through the all the connections and sure. and that kind of thing. And they work with a number of businesses. So they were a good resource where they said, you know, we've never worked with anybody selling plants before but we've worked with businesses that do this that and the other thing and right. here's the pros and cons of various software products and let us do a little more research and so they've been they've been great partners with us but you know as you say that the nice thing for small business where all of your employees have 15 other jobs mm-hmm. and this is a new one that we're adding and it is a job there's no mm-hmm. You know,
0: There's no halfway uh, you in know, your website any, or marketing or yeah, managing. Any and, and of those you things. know,
1: in the online sales portal, it's not like you just throw it up right. there. That's you know, right. It's it's a lot. So uh, they've been good partners, um, but all the technical end of all the plants and how they work—that's all been pretty much uh, Jacob Stedham, our nursery manager, tackling that. The great thing about it for us is, you know, that's a marketplace that's open twenty-four-seven. Right. And right. if you do a good job on it, I mean, we had one person the first year, she was from, I don't know, up in Indiana, maybe an hour, hour and a half north Mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. of Louisville. Never been connected to UDEL before. In fact, never gardened before. But she said, you know, my kids are finally old enough. She and her husband run livestock up in central Indiana somewhere. And she said, you know, I finally have some time for me. Unfortunately, most of that time is between like 11 p.m. and 1 a.m. Right. <laughs> so right. what am I doing? I'm sitting there on the couch with my iPad, and up pops Udell. And not just Udell, but this nursery. So, I mean, I don't know how many orders she put in and drove down and pick up plants. Now, uh, do they
0: have to drive and pick them up, or can you ship them? We,
1: we're not shipping yet. That's something we're we're going to ease into sure. um, a little bit this fall. And then, because shipping, uh, that's probably another two full-time people yeah, right. this yeah. time of year. Packaging um, and all those so, things. So, you yeah. know, little by little. Sure. Uh, we'll work our way into it. But then the, one of the wonderful things about this whole nursery effort was that when COVID hit, obviously the part of our business that relies on rentals, mm-hmm. wedding rentals and mm-hmm. corporate events and that kind of thing that just evaporated. Yeah. That's a big chunk. Yeah. I mean, that, that overnight just dries I mean, right up. I mean, We were just going through it. All of our programs, events and rentals, it's probably 30% wow. of our revenue. And that just, right. A lot of that went away. But at the same time, we were gearing up in the nursery, and it really helped save us through the, the you know, through 20 and 21. I think
0: it's a really great story for people to hear. Um, I mean, certainly so many people have lived through the effects of COVID on their business or their employer um, or any number of things. But to see um, and know that, you know, you've everybody gets thrown in these scenarios, and then it's, you know, what's the next best step forward or next best idea. And sometimes those things that have been maybe percolating as discussion become uh, a priority. Um, and then being able to execute it is not an easy task and certainly is a stressful thing. But it also, it's something that's rewarding uh, when you get on the other side of it and you see, wow, we've we've got this whole new market now. Fortunately, I'm sure the weddings yeah. are coming back. Um, you know, you have a lot of great signature events that are good for Oldham County, uh, from Budell to... Uh, I know South Oldham's uh, bourbon tasting is very right. popular. Those are, those are great uh, things that bring people into the community that might not necessarily be coming in if they weren't invited to something like that. And yeah. then to have such a special place, um, the facilities are so uh, nice, yeah. the buildings are interesting, the grounds are beautiful. I mean, it really is, um, it's, it's a really a tremendous asset for Oldham County to have uh, and the region. Um, I also noticed that, and I haven't been to it—the the waterfront botanical gardens that's mm-hmm. down uh, in Louisville—and you know the pictures and the renderings look really great. I haven't yeah. been on the site. Have you? Um, do you guys have relationships oh, with yeah. them, or yeah, how's absolutely. that work? Is we this, <laughs> yeah, is this a is this a cutthroat world of botanical gardens, or is it is it more of a family uh, experience?
1: Yeah, you know it's a it's it's all of the above. Sure, um, you know we competition-wise, you know we we're in competition for for philanthropic dollars with the speed and the zoo and right. the science center and, and all those things. Um, but, you know, at, at, at its heart, botanic gardens are quality of life business. And uh, that doesn't that doesn't um, make them less important than right. other aspects. I mean, we all, especially in the last two years, we understand sure. how important that is. I mean, even going back to 9-11, you know, the three days after 9-11, the 9-11 attacks, Botanic Gardens all over the all, o- all over the U.S. set attendance records. Wow, which really well, tells you something about yeah. what what they mean um, right. to in to people's lives, whether they w- they can articulate that or not. Sure, um, but you know, having a place like Waterfront, you know, they're great partners. Their volunteer coordinator was out uh, last week meeting with ours and planning back and forth. Um, it's funny, I've been emailing back and forth with uh, Casey Mayer, who's the director there. The last four or five days, trying to figure, we we try to get together like we shoot for once a quarter mm-hmm. for coffee or mm-hmm. lunch. It ends up being maybe twice a year, <laughs> but uh, we kept we've been emailing back and forth trying to find a day. Right. I finally emailed her the other day and I said we need to re-examine our day jobs here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if it's taken us three months just to get together for coffee, this is crazy. <laughs> but but you know uh, you know most communities the size of Louisville would have a dozen similar institutions. Sure. Um, and uh, and you know we've been we've been short on that stack for a long time in in Louisville and Louisville's a phenomenally supportive community the right. whole Louisville region right and uh, and I don't you know yes you know there are some donors who are giving them money who I'd love to have and vice versa but sure. they've also turned up donors for major gifts who were nowhere on our radar yeah so you know the rising tide right that's right and, that's uh, right and they're and they're partners and and uh, you know we'll collaborate all kinds of things
0: well um, so. An interesting project that uh, we come across so many years ago was uh, this, uh, these guys in J-Town that were brewing beer, <laughs> and uh, they were interested in uh, a location in Oldham County. Um, and, you know, where they ended up, which is on Udell's property, um, was not necessarily something that anybody would have picked out and said, this is an ideal site for this type of a thing. But, you know, they came in and saw the potential of it mm-hmm. and really created something special that is in addition to the visitors that you are generating now, uh, with the Kentucky Artisan Distillery, mm-hmm. um, and with a uh, third turn Oldham Gardens, um, it really is a destination for a lot of people that aren't from Oldham County. So yeah. we've got a lot of license plates that are from Louisville and uh, and all over, and it, that's a really great thing to see. I also know it's created some headaches over there with parking and and whatnot. But I, I good, like good uh, yeah I <laughs> you know we talk about oh we're going to be sold out on this event. It's like good let's I want to turn people away so that they know to, to sign up early on the next thing, and it creates an energy. Absolutely, um, I always say on good. our
1: you know on our program side of page of our website, my favorite thing to see is sold out, sold out, sold out.
0: That's right. That's <laughs> right. Um, so tell me about that experience. I mean, that's probably wasn't part of the original master plan, right? I mean, it,
1: you know, it was not that that property when we purchased it, it, uh, it included where third turn is. Um, but that property, most people don't realize when we bought it, it was 16 acres that wraps behind the rest of those warehouses, all that wooded property. And it, it, the p- property boundary comes to within not a whole lot of feet beyond the edge of the Woods Meadow, uh, just below the castle at Udell. and so it was a, a strategically important piece of property. So sure. when it was going to come up for sale, um, and and this is where board board of directors is fantastic. I mean, yeah. we looked at the purchase price of that property, and I said, "Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> It's good." Yeah, I mean, I remember um, Jim Hanna. I don't know if you know uh-huh. Jim. He started the chamber. Yeah, the fabulous guy, yep. and, and he he kind of helped me. Like I, like I always say, you know, I'm the tree guy, the academic guy, you know, balance sheet. Mm -hmm. It was all a learning process. And he was nice enough to just sort of meet me for lunch once in a while and just sort of help tape my temperature and calm me down a little bit. And I was telling him about this piece of property and I was just losing sleep. I mean, I forget how much it was, but it was a big chunk of money for us. That's just starting out. He said, what are you worried about? I said, well, that's a rather cavalier attitude. Right. (laughs) He said, look, 20 years from now, one of two things is going to be the case, either Udell Botanical Gardens was a terrible idea. It was never going to go anywhere anyway. Or putting down several hundred thousand dollars for this piece of property is a drop in the bucket, and it never even slowed you guys down. He said, my money's on option number two. Wow.
0: So just get over it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I thought, okay.
0: Gosh. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have s- folks like that uh, that that have yeah. they can give that type of direction and really kind of put you at ease because, well, when we purchased this, this property, you know, like, gosh, do, do we need to do this? Should we do this? I mean, you agonize over we're successful, right? I don't want to jeopardize our success, but you have to keep taking chances. And so, uh, man, that's a great story. I'm glad you shared that. And,
1: and you know, to put it in, in, in context, what was going on in, at the same time, the way we were managing Udell is you know, I had just started, uh, we had a board treasurer, uh, and Dave literally had the Udel checkbook on his kitchen table. <laughs> and I'd call him once a month and I'd say, "Dave, we got to call the we got to pay the LG and E bill. Can you write a check so I can come by and oh, it that's up and great. Put it. I mean it was it was very much, you know, hand to mouth. Sure. And then, you know, to be staring at, you know, a very large purchase. Yeah. But one of our board members was an attorney uh, with Stites and Harbison. He said, "You know, let's not discount this. Maybe there's a good way that we can do this and and uh, through a couple of his colleagues, we worked out a tax-exempt uh, bond financing package through city of Crestwood right. uh, that basically made the loan practically free. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I never would have known how to do that. Right. But that's why you have a board of directors with that's a lot right. of talent and a lot of business acumen.
0: Man, that's great. Um, yeah, and, and then we just you just look at Crestwood as is, is booming and bustling. Yeah. Um, but that so allowed
1: us to, to buy that property. And then when the third-turn guys approached us, uh, we just thought, you know, there are other people as crazy as us out there. <laughs> and it just seemed like a really good marriage because that, that property, we were just going through the process of, you know, we're down the road, we might be able to take advantage of it in terms of developments of, you know, we were even talking about a nursery back then, but we were so far right. away from actually being able to do it. And we said, you know, this just makes so much sense. Not only is it a nice little bit of monthly revenue that helps, but it's another sort of like-minded business that could right. attract more people. And then when when Kentucky Artisan moved in uh, right next door to yeah. us, and they're great partners as well, it's just, it's great. And I, and I met with um, Greg Hayden from uh, Third Turn last week, and they had some event they wanted to partner on. And, uh, and he pressed the conversation by saying, you know, now, he said, This is a little crazy. (laughs) So just give me a minute to give you the whole story. And I said, Greg, you know, if you guys didn't bring us a crazy thing from time to time, we know what value. We'd be worried. So so they're, you know, they're they're good partners, they're fun to work with. And it's fun to be able to build, like you said, sort of that that nucleus of some fun tourism activity. And it helps us because we get calls all the time from tour bus companies from Iowa or Wisconsin or Pennsylvania or whatever and they don't want to just come you Ud- and visit Udell. Right. The first thing they call they say is well we want to visit Udell, we need two other stops that are good tourist stops for our people because you know one stop is not right. a, is not a trip. Right. And so this is perfect. I mean we it's can just right say there. well you can you don't even have to move the bus. Yeah. <laughs> you just it's walk great from one to the other. Well,
0: it's um it's definitely made a tremendous uh, step forward for the county. Um you know as Oldham County uh, continues to develop, and you know has been largely known as a bedroom community. It's it's these types of assets that really give the character to the community and separate it from just suburbia. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that's uh, you know Udel's been a really important part of that role. And so um, the success there is just tremendous, and we're very grateful for all the work that you do. Um, I did want to ask you about um, we talked about young people and houseplants. So tell me this: um, Are you into like flowers or vegetables? <laughs> are you? You said you're a tree guy. Are you the? Tr- is it trees over both? I'm I mean everything. Where guy. are these? Where are these areas where, you're like, if if you were left alone to just uh, you know continue your passion for for uh, plants, what would you find yourself? Uh,
1: you know, it's funny. I, people in the industry know me as a woody plant guy, trees and shrubs. Okay. And that, that's the cl- Those are the classes I taught at the University of Maine. Wrote a book on dogwoods. But honestly, every garden I've ever had is about eighty percent perennials, oh, okay. herbaceous perennials, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and it's it's really interesting. I, like anything, it's sort of like you know the house you live in. Mm-hmm. You know, you live with your living room for a while, and then one day you just walk home and you think, why am I living with this? <laughs> This, you know, this couch has been worn out for five years and I've never liked that painting. And, and you finally just get the bug and you say, I'm doing this. Right. And, and I tend to be kind of a restless gardener. Mm-hmm. It does drive my wife a little crazy because she would just like to have something that looks nice and stays that way. <laughs> um, but, you know, but she's into horses and dogs. So oh, right, you know, right. That's, that's fine. Um, but it's, it's That's what's nice about working at a place like Udell because I have 60 acres at Udell. And my bug really is I'm sort of a pathological collector. Okay. So it doesn't really matter what it is. It's plants, um, books, uh, you know, are kind of out of control.
0: Now, pathological borderlands on hoarder, uh, if we're talking about pathological collector, it's it's not yet a safety hazard. Okay, all right, right. so, so. <laughs> uh, but it
1: does it does definitely impact uh, lifestyle. I mean, books I, have always been a passion of mine. Um, we we made the mistake when our son was young, uh, when he was first saving his money to buy a book, which was a good sign to start mm-hmm, with. Mm-hmm. We told him we said, "Look, here's the deal: you never have to use your own money to buy a book as long as you're living in this house." That. One promise cost us <laughs> a fortune <laughs> because he's a voracious reader. Oh, that's great. But even, you know, I, I I grew up as a runner, and then my knees went bad, so I went into cycling. Okay. And now the basement is you know, right. the bike collection. Right. And, you know, right. I just have that sort of base mentality, so it doesn't matter whether I'm collecting primrose seeds overseas or, you know, wow. building wheels for a race bike or looking for. One of my favorite things about these silly smartphones that we (laughs) love to swear about all the time, Mm -hmm. the first thing I figured out how to do is how to to save a spreadsheet (laughs) on my phone so that when I was in a bookshop and I was like, that's the book I've been looking for. I can check and make sure I don't already have three (laughs) copies of it. I mean, that just gives you some insight.
0: So an avid, uh, so you're searching for books. So if you travel, are you going to bookstores and looking for things? Okay. Constantly. And so is it rare books or specific things? I
1: mean, as an example, um, I was always interested in evolution as a kid, you Mm -hmm. know, a Darwin guy. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if you've ever looked up the cost of a first edition Origin of Species mm-hmm. by Charles Darwin, mm-hmm. they're like $40,000. Right. You know, <laughs> that doesn't match up well with a nonprofit director's <laughs> salary. But what I learned about 20 years ago is you could buy first American printing, really printed on the same plates, but the first ones printed in the U.S., same vintage, you know, printed within a year of the original printings in London for, you know... One zero, maybe <laughs> two at the most. Wow. So then that became, uh, okay, I want to get, you know, the complete collection of those. Sure. And, uh, and then the search so becomes kind of the fun. The search becomes the fun. And, and you know, in those days, that was pre-Amazon and sure. it was pre-Abe. Right. right, that's cheating. It was, it there. It, you know, it was perusing, <laughs> you know, printed, actual printed right. catalogs. Right. And it was a lot of fun and, and uh, just the search yeah, well, fun. it's
0: not quite as highbrow, but I loved comic books when I was a kid. Yeah, so but it's it, was a, it was one of those <laughs> things where I would do that.
1: But that, you know, but those things, and that, that's what sort of leads me to this to all the work we do at Udell, because it's always about, you know, the search and then what you do with it and how you figure out what's the next best thing, you yeah. know, and all the evaluation work. And, and then that, trend you know, that translates into all of our gardens, you know, the best plants that make it through the gauntlet show up in our, our gardens, old and new gardens.
0: Well, so folks that are listening, um, tell us tell us where they can find, what they can do, what the the hours are. You've got memberships. You've got right. just, uh, it's a good place to visit. It's a great place to have an event. There's lots of interesting buildings and places mm-hmm. to do different things on the property. Um, and then also just tell us about what the future is and, and what you're hoping to okay. to get.
1: Well, we, you know, in terms of accessing Udel, uh, we're just getting ready for our opening day. Um, we always open... the the last weekend of March for the season. Uh, That's when our shop opens up and we sell plants. We do our big big spring plant sale the the Saturday before Derby. That's the one people line up in the parking lot for, which is a lot of fun. Um, But we do classes and programs. I mean, we pretty much run the gamut from, you know, kids programs uh, on the grounds to certification workshops for Mm -hmm. professionals in the industry and everything in between. So we try to – our motto is to sort of try to meet people where they – where they are and help them take the next step sometimes help them realize there is another step uh, just right. to, to move in, whether it's plants or, th- and, you know, we don't, we don't try to turn everybody into, uh, you know, someone who is sort of like a gambling addiction with plants. <laughs> you know, it's nice if you get there on your own, right. but, uh, but uh, we just try to people to help people take the next step. And, uh, and our programs are all over the map. They're hands-on workshops, lectures, but then, as you mentioned, we do the fun community festivals as well. You know, Boudel. Right. I mean, we made that up one day, two years, uh, two weeks before Halloween. Never had any idea, you know, how it would be received. And you know, with two weeks of promoting it out of the blue, with 900 people show yeah. up, and yeah. it's turned into a fun community event. And the Yuletide thing, Christmas time. Um, you know, because we, you know, we try to do things that f- that allow people to just come out and enjoy being there right. and just being part of a community you know I would just tell people if you if you could design the perfect community to have as the home of a new botanical garden Oldham County is it no. I mean it's it's as you said there's you know known historically as a bedroom community but really starting to develop an identity of its own right. Um, You know, it's an affluent community. It's a a rapidly growing community. Uh, It's got an influx of lots of new people, but it's got populations of, you know, families who've been here for generations. So you just have, it's this great melting pot mixture of all kinds of things that are really the perfect place to launch something like Udell. And so that's why we're excited to be constantly adding new things. You know, our our newest project uh, that will be, announcing soon in uh, in in mid April um, uh, that we'll give you a preview of here is is a new capital campaign project. We've done five capital campaigns so far. Okay. And uh, for those people who are not familiar with the the capital campaign or the nonprofit world, you know, you do your annual fundraising, revenue generation to pay the lights, you know, pay the light bills and keep the place going and the capital campaigns are for big projects. Right. So our first one was buy the property, because literally the bulldozers were parked on Old the Grange Road, <laughs> ready to bulldoze the whole thing when wow. the board bought the property from the family, and, and the family have been such good partners with us. Um, but then, you know, you would think as a botanical garden, all of your capital campaigns would be about building gardens. right The problem is when there's some weeds in the garden and there's water pouring through the roof of the buildings, yeah. what do you do first? <laughs> You know, you got to fix the buildings because they were really not far from being irretrievably right. lost. But the other is we had to build an organization that could support the gardens. You know, wouldn't have done any good to, you know, build 30 acres full of spectacular gardens and then fall flat. Right. Uh, so each of these projects, you know, the greenhouse project, the visitor center and, and mm-hmm. retail shop and the Gein's barn and the event pavilions, those have all allowed us to do more programming, but also to to be sustainable and right. pay the bills and grow to where we are now. So this next project, what's exciting about it is it's entirely garden. Wow. And it's not just bringing in cool plants, but it's it's adding more gardens for more teaching, for more programming, for more events. Um, it's highlighting the architecture because it's all going to be based around Udell's castle, which is such an iconic, yeah. you know, like an iconic structure. It's going to completely revamp the a visitor entrance experience yep. and it'll uh, make three different layers of the garden completely accessible where there's now stairs and right and difficult places to get around. So it's going to be t- completely transformational and it'll allow us to handle so many more visitors because oh. you know, we're, we're at the point now we're, you know, we're only as big as we are. Right. <laughs> right. And, you know, we have North Camden lane on one border and we mm-hmm. have Old Lagrange boor- road and the railroad tracks on another, you know, we're, we're not going to expand to a thousand acres of gardens, right? So we need to be more efficient with the property that we have. So this new garden is going to be really outstanding. It'll do so many different things. And one of the fun things about it is we sat down and started talking about who do you bring in as a designer, right? The the projects we've done up till now, like the big event pavilion that we use for weddings Mm -hmm. and and Mm -hmm. the the South Oldham Rotary bourbon event. Mm -hmm. I mean, literally the gardens planted around that when we finished the construction, I took a bunch of volunteers back to our nursery, and I said, "All right, everybody, pick up five plants. <laughs> Let's walk over there, and I'll tell you where to plant them." I mean, that's about what went into the garden sure. planning. So this really is a first, uh, a first effort. And I said to our board, "The last thing Udel needs for this garden is another Capello. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's time for us to go out and bring in a designer." Right. And I, I said, "I think what we need to do is bring in a really big name." because we deserve it. And Oldham County deserves it. And the greater Louisville area deserves it. And they said, well, it's going to be expensive. And I said, yeah, but you know, if we bring in the right person, they will raise more money than they cost us. Right. So there's a guy out in Seattle, who I've known a good friend of mine, who is one of the hottest designers in the country right now. His firm's called Land Morphology. And they've done things like Dale Chihuly Sculpture Museum put in uh-huh. a sculpture garden in downtown Seattle. They designed the, the, the sculpture garden. Sure. Uh, the New York Botanic Garden, which, you know, some point in its not too distant uh, history, pulled off a $700 million capital campaign. Wow. Built a new visitor center and a new entrance garden and land morphology, and Richard did the garden. So, oh, cool. So I called him up, and I said, Richard, I want you to, your firm to come in and put in a bid on designing this project. <laughs> and he said only if we can work around the castle <laughs> because not only does he know me but he grew up in Crestwood oh, and wow. he knew Theodore Klein he knows the property oh that's great and uh, and he said how can i not want to be involved in a project on a property that was owned and developed by the guy who's responsible for me doing what i'm doing yeah and wow. so um, so he's involved now in fact they were they were so excited about it that uh, he called me uh, um, after they came out and made their presentation and he said you know our firm has a has a tradition every year at the end of the year we look at all the projects the public projects because they do some private and then they do public uh, mm-hmm. city projects and nonprofits and botanic gardens he said at the end of the year we always pick out one project and we make a significant financial donation to support it and this was like february uh-huh. <laughs> when we were talking he said, I, I got folks together, and we looked at your website, and I showed them all my pictures, and we talked about it. And they don't even want to wait till the end of the year. They just want to support oh, this man. project. I mean, that's how pumped up they were about it. That's great. Um, to, to work on this project. So, I mean, they've just kind of blown the blown the walls off wow. the thing. And so
0: this will be officially announced in April, yep. and then people will be able to donate and contribute. Right. And, so uh, it's a
1: $5 million dollar capital campaign. Wow. Wow. Um, uh, one million of that will go into endowment. That will allow us to hire another full-time gardener to help take care of all this, because obviously right. you got to take care of it if you build sure. it. Um, and it, uh, it, this is one of those projects that, I mean, UDEL is already on the map locally, regionally, and, and right. even, you know, internationally. But this is one of those that's already raising eyebrows. I, you know, last year I was in Chicago and stopped at the Chicago Botanic Garden, and the director there is somebody I went to college with. I hadn't talked to him in a few years, and he came running out of his office, and he said, you guys are working with Richard. <laughs> so, you know, the word's out, and yeah, I just, that's I great. just love the fact that Crestwood, Oldham yeah, County, the greater Louisville area yeah. is starting to get that recognition, and, yeah. you know, and I'm getting calls from people saying, you know, we want to come visit, and we want to see what you guys are doing, and we want to see what's going on in town, and that's, I mean, yeah. That's the kind of energy that I love.
0: Well, that's fantastic. Um, so how can people find you online? Is it udell.com? Udell, udellgardens.org. Okay, dot .org. Um, and right.
1: that's our general website. And then from our website in the top tabs, uh, there's a, a tab for our plant market, which is our online sales. Great. Um, and Spring those are Spring planting ongoing. is here, so it's, people...
0: Get on there and start ordering some plants, udellgardens.org. That's it. Uh, Paul Cappiello, thank you so much for what you're doing. Well, uh, thanks for having uh, me. This is tremendous, and we look forward to uh, getting updates as the uh, as you get further along in your capital campaign.
1: Sounds good. All right. Thanks.